welcome to episode 47 of the Catching Up Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Kaysen. I run a local company here in Seattle called Find Me. My job is to help you find new local businesses around the city uh, so you can support unique and fun places here in Seattle. I'm joined every week by my co-host, Nick Hughes, who runs a company called FoundersLive.com. It's a community for founders and entrepreneurs to connect and come together and help each other grow their businesses. This week, we're talking about the risk of joining a startup, whether you're a founder, but more specifically about being an employee and the risk involved in coming and working at a startup. And hopefully you can get some equity, but in reality, the risk is that you're probably only gonna be at that job or company for maybe less than a year. And so it creates a lot of volatility, a lot of change, and you really gotta have the stomach for that job. So we're gonna dive into some of the risks there. I hope you enjoy the show. Please let us know what you think on Twitter, Founders Live, here on Anchor, and we'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Nick, what is going on? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the show. What's up, Connor? How you doing, man? I'm just chilling here in Denver. Chilling in Denver. Fantastic. Um, how's Denver going for you? What's new it's over going, there? Dude, it's going well. Um, it, I, it's sunny and warm today, but it, dude, it snowed like on Monday and Tuesday, like five or six inches. It was nuts. What? That's crazy. <laughs> It was nuts, dude. And it was one of those spring, you know, you wake up and it's like white. And then like by the end of the day, there's most of the snow, snow is gone. But it was crazy, man. It's It's been nuts. Yeah, having to navigate that just got to be got to be weird. Like if you're a student and you're going to school or you're like going to work, like having to dress for that and maintain that. And I, I, I bet people are way better drivers in the snow there than they are here. And so that's probably not as big of an issue. But it just sounds like uh, that could be a giant pain in the butt to have to deal with that every day. It definitely was, but like, it's, it's funny. I take enough Ubers and you just like get chatting with people. Like I'm always like, yeah, is this normal? And they're like, yeah, you know, like basically April and May is like random weather time. Like it could be 75 or 80, or it could be like 30. Like, dude, I got, I woke up this morning, went on a run and the temperature was like 35 degrees, like 33 degrees. So wow, yeah, it's I like don't winter know. Time. Yeah. So, uh, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I slept in this morning, which just was like a fantastic feeling. Um, yeah. and so I'm, I'm like the timing that we have on this show because it kind of, uh, I, I don't usually plan things before it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's usually my first conversation of the day, which usually lets me sleep in, uh, which is usually needed by the end of the week. Cause I don't, uh, I don't sleep very well. I, what what time do you usually go to bed, Nick? Yeah, you know, it, dude, it totally depends, especially being on the road. It's like I'm either I'm either out and you know I'll go to I'll get home and go to bed around midnight, or I'm like in and it's like eight thirty or nine o'clock. I'm gonna like just <laughs> be ready to like I don't know. I'm I'm that person that dude. I value sleep so much. Like I'm not gonna sit and watch TV and shit for like three hours. I'm gonna like sleep, right? So yeah. if I, if I don't have anything going on that night, I will get to bed by like eight thirty or nine o'clock. Um, really? Oh yeah, dude. It feels so good to just be like, you know what? Like sleep is what I need. Um, and but I'm not saying I do that every every night. Um, yeah. But like if I'm out and about, like I'll you know I you know I ideally I try to get home by eleven or twelve. So I just have no discipline for that. I mean, me going to sleep and waking up is is like honestly the most difficult part of my entire life. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I've got zero discipline when it comes to like, all right, like let's shut it down and go lay in bed and go to sleep. And then waking up, um, I have really bad wake up habits where I just like, I can't open my eyes and like just jump out of bed. My fiance can just like wake up and get going. Yeah. I really like, I have to set like a preliminary alarm that like <laughs> just turns my lights on. And I have this like morning light now that like, it's like, it acts as a sunrise. So I set a time and then over the next like 20 minutes, it gets brighter and brighter. And that has helped a little bit. Um, but yeah, the first like 30 minutes where I'm waking up, I'm just like incoherent. Um, and then once I get going, once I do finally get out of bed, like I'm ready to roll and I'm usually pretty energetic. But yeah, I've got really bad discipline when <laughs> Dude, I'm, waking up. I'm like, it's funny because um, I'm, I'm not really a morning person either, man. Like in, or it just like, it takes me a little while to like shake out the cobwebs and get, get some coffee. And, um, and especially if it's early, early. And I, dude, I think one of the best things, and this is a good, like kind of entry into what we want to talk about, but like one of the best things about running your own company and, and building your own thing, if you can get into the point where you're actually like paying yourself and it's a, essentially it's a, it's an income and you're running it like you can determine when, when you do things. And of course, like certain calls and meetings need to happen, especially in the morning. But dude, I, yeah. I, I do not schedule things at six or 7am and I am not that type of person. Um, uh, we've talked about like the morning routine and, you know, I, I make sure that I have that as best I can, you know, either exercise or just getting my coffee. But dude, like I am not good. Like that, that first, yeah, 10 to 20 minutes in the morning. It's like, I need my coffee and I need to get going and just chug along a little bit before I start talking to people. Uh, I agree. I, however, because I'm such an extrovert and, and that's why like, this is my first conversation. I I'm fueled off like the energy of other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what I like to do is, yeah, yeah, it takes me a while to like get up and get going. But the first thing that I like to have in the morning is like some type of coffee meeting yeah. or conversation with somebody because yeah. I really just like feed off that energy and, uh, you know, it usually gets me really excited and moving forward. And so I try to like three days a week, I have this open coffee meeting where anyone that I'm like currently talking to, whether it's online or through email or whatnot, it's like, Hey, I have these three days open. Do you want to get coffee in the morning for one of them? Um, and that's really helped like not only just with networking in general, but kind of like boost my, my morale yeah. a little bit going into the day. Um, and when you get to meet new people, it's a lot, I mean, everyone likes to share about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think just like talking about each other's stories and learning about um, some of the ups and downs and the things that they're working on uh, is always pretty exciting just to see kind of what different people do every day and what uh, gets them excited about yeah. their life. And usually yeah, I feed off that energy and that can kind of like springboard me into the day. I like that strategy. I like that. Awesome. Um, so you had some thoughts on, um, yeah, what, what was the thought or question you really want to talk about today? Yeah. So. I saw this post from, um, uh, I would just call her an acquaintance, and she got laid off from her job um, this week, and it was like one of those meal service companies, mm. and her post was that she she's like, I'm done working at startups, right? And so she's worked for a couple of the different like meal delivery companies, and she's been laid off, and I think she works in marketing with those companies, and you're right, she's just like, they're 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 not organized and um i don't want to say the word deceptive but but what happens a lot in startups is like 
there's this big high of, especially if they raise money, like, hey, we raised our Series B and we've got $20 million in the bank and, like, we're so excellent because we have these things and, like, and we're going to the moon. And so people, like, ride off that energy, but then nine months later, all the money runs out and everyone gets laid off and it's like, oh, sorry, you guys, like, uh, we, we, we didn't do it, but we learned a lot of lessons. Um, and we always hear the winning stories about people who like were at startups early and the company IPO had are sold and they got a nice like chunk of change, which set them off on a new, a new path and, you know, put them in a new tax bracket or whatnot. And so I mean, I've had different experiences and I know so have you with just like, when you choose to say like, oh, I like working for startups, there's this big risk and reward. And the reward is very rare compared to the risk that everyone takes. And I just was wondering, like, you're surrounded by as many people as possible who are kind of taking these risks, starting companies and working for employees. And so I just kind of want to talk about, like, what is the risk of choosing to be an employee uh, of a startup? And kind of what do you think about that? Or do you advise anyone? Does anyone ever meet like, hey, I want to get into the startup world. But like, what, you know, what am I sacrificing if I do? Yeah, it's a really good, good thought and question. And it's, um, there's obviously so many aspects to it. I think the first one, you know, what's the risk is, um, it's kind of like what she just described in the sense that, look, most startups, you, if you're, you know, and by the way, if you're the employee, you really have to do some diligence on like, okay, like, first of all, you know, what stage are you in? How much? And, and these are questions that you actually really have to ask. And if, the founders aren't willing to answer them. That's a big red flag initially, which is how long has this been going on? How many employees do you have right now? What is our revenue level? How much money have we raised? What is the runway? And, and these are things that if you, you should be asking this and if you don't get solid answers, then that is a very big red flag. And, but the underlying fact is it's, it's absolutely risky. And I think, um, I think that a person who is attracted and wants to work at a startup is unique in general. And, you know, so I think like just knowing like, do you want to be on more in the high risk tolerance? It's, it's kind of like wild West. You're going to wear a number of hats. It's exciting. Uh, you're building new stuff and bringing it to market. That's awesome. And I think a lot of people are attracted to that, but the other side is you have to be willing to, because of that, there are high risks and, and you're, you're entering into this with a understanding that it's probably a year at a time in terms of, you know, runway or like your job security is should is probably at about a year's length. That's the truth, you know? Yeah. And, and so like, like just got to know that. And um, I, I would, I, you know, this is such an interesting topic because I give both sides blame. I think a lot of founding teams are, are not truthful with the people that they are hiring, like fully truthful. Uh, yeah. they're, they're just trying to get in a work to get to the next stage. Um, but I also think a lot of like people need to enter into it eyes wide open and know that if it's a startup that is seed or, or you know, seed funded or series A funded, it's a high risk. And who knows if they're going to be around for a year or two, you know what I mean? So, I mean, those are my initial thoughts. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you're you're taking a big risk, and I, and I like that you put that year thing, and, and that's why this startups have become so like mainstream and popular, and it, it seems like that's where everyone wants to go because that's like the hip cool thing. But it, yeah, it's extremely risky because you you really have zero job security. Yeah. Um, 
there's zero. And I think that's got to be the expectation. So it's like, um, you know, I kind of empathize for this person who posted because it's like, all right, I think, yeah, she's going to be done because you realize like you're every year you could be jumping to a new place, like hoping to find the one. The thing is that does up your chances of getting like if, if you do it enough, hopefully there's a winner in there somewhere. And that kind of like comes back and pays you. I mean, I think that's that's the same way investors look at the business as well. And I, I think employees now we're now I'm saying it like really have to function like investors too, because they're not investing dollars per se, but they're investing their time, which is just as uh, valuable as the actual capital. And so they've got to kind of pick their battles and find the right ones and take enough shots that they're going to finally get, get paid out in one of them or one of those things they are going to work for them and take them where they want to go. But yeah. I, I think it really just comes down to self-awareness and understanding. Like, I, I think that's why startups, what they say is a young person game, because it takes a lot of energy. You, you're really never going to feel secure. You're going to uh, have lots of ups and downs and interesting days. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it's just risky. And that's the choice that you got to take. And uh, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. So no. if you're looking to go and work in startups, that is the, the chances that you've got to risk. And it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And you should just go in with the mindset of like, if this doesn't work out, like, I'm going to be on the job hunt in maybe less than a year from now. Well, and I, I then I'm ta- like, let's take it another step further. And I, I look at this and, you know, of course, like I have, a, I'm a, I have a founder's mentality for sure. Um, and a business owner's mentality, but look, I, I think you got to look at the You got to look at the big picture, which is if you are attracted to early stage companies and you want to work for a startup, which by the way, like I'm putting my CEO and owner's hat on, which is we want, you know, we need to hire people to work for the company for sure. We need, we need employees, but then I'll put my founder's hat back on and say, look, you know, if it's high risk anyway, to just be an employee, why are you not, why are you not creating equity and ownership and owning something and creating your own thing? It's almost the equal it's almost equal risk. And quite frankly, it's probably more risk as an early stage employee because you can get let go like easily like that. And you're not calling the shots. You don't have any control or ownership and you're not building anything of equity. And so, yeah, like you might have certain small percentage points of, you know, when you were, when you negotiated and got hired, but if you're going to take this risk, why not do your thing? And, um, Look, I've I've learned a lot and like this whole thing has just been such a learning experience. But, you know, I feel like at least with my journey, you know, it's been a long road, bumpy road. But like I've we've gotten over the hump and I've been able to create a company and something that is of value in one way, shape or form in the future. I know that there's 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 val- there's an immense value here that uh, is is accruing and building. And I now I can now at least justify the, the time that I've spent building this company, I can personally justify that there's something here. And, you know, if I just spent the last five years bouncing from startup to startup to startup and getting let go, basically all you have is a couple logos on your LinkedIn and a little bit of experience. <laughs> I mean, to be harsh, like you made a little money just from a income standpoint, but you know, you, your, your equity, 
the one to two to three percent that's in that startup is not going to be worth anything because they're not going anywhere. It seems like, um, you know, like I, I guess you know, think about the years that you're putting into this as like layering on uh, value and equity in your thing whatever your thing is. And I think like having that founder mentality versus like a employee that hops to hop to hop thinking that, you know, you're going to, you're going to get the next Facebook, which 1% is going to be a billion dollars. Like you're good luck. You know, like that's, that's like, I don't think the right way to navigate the startup world. Yeah. You, I mean, you make an interesting point and I kind of agree and disagree because um, yeah, the, the mentality between being an employee, being a startup employee and being a founder um, can can be very slim, but also very large, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what angle. Yeah, because I think you make a good point. Yeah, if you're that close and, and that's the risk that you're putting out there, then, yeah, maybe you are. You might as well just think about trading your own thing. But on the other hand, it's still kind of difficult to to start your own thing. And it's massively hard. Idea. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so the the gap does seem very small, but at the same time, it's like extremely large. Uh, it's it might actually be larger than you know being an employee from a big company and then joining a very risky startup. And so I think I think that's a little difficult to say, but but I do totally agree. I think having the founders mentality is extremely important if you are considering taking a risk by going and working on a startup like that. Yeah, because uh, the equity is where all the value is. And so, and yeah, I, w- I was meeting with a startup last week um, and they were looking for some salespeople and immediately, and, and it wasn't really something I was super interested in, but when they did bring up that there was no equity available, it really was like, all right, then I don't, I don't want to be here at all. Cause I'm not, uh, I, I don't need to come here to get the money. That's not like what I'm looking for is I'm looking for some more long-term equity and how I can provide value to build something big that pays out later in the end. Yeah, and so yeah, having that mentality I think is really important. And yeah, if anyone, any of you, are looking at joining a startup or really any tech company, you've got to think about the equity first and make sure that's a big priority. Dude, I'm taking a total right hand turn here, um, pun intended. But a thought just hit my mind, which was, dude, imagine if imagine if Uber would have given. Well, man, this is like a longer conversation, but like, imagine if Uber would have like had a program that drivers, after a certain period of time of vesting, got ownership, like some equity and shares in in the company. Um, dude, Uber just went public. You know, obviously it wasn't as big as it could have been, but think about. I don't know why I'm just thinking about this, but like, think about how many people decided to join and drive. I've been taking Ubers a ton and I'm definitely like asking people sometimes why they're driving. And it just is really crazy that that company went public, made it people, certain people in companies, significant billions of dollars and all the drivers in the world have gotten nothing. Got nothing. That is insane. Yeah. And you know, that is insane. I understand like when you look at a pie and like you have certain option pools and shares, but it's just crazy. Like, and I think I tie this into like, you know, the, like, what is the motivation of joining an early stage company? And a lot of it is like the hope that something big happens and you actually have a payoff. And so, you know, like you have to think about that and you have to talk to the founding team and like, what is available and 
what are the options and what, you know, what is, what is the share price and, you know, how am I, how much am I getting? Um, but I just kind of thought about it with like Uber and it's like, imagine how much wealth could have been created in a like wider spectrum of people driving. Like, yeah, they're making money on a drive and they're actually not making that much money. But imagine if it's like after 12 years or 12 months, you get this after 24 months, you get this. And when we do go public, those, those will turn into dollars. I mean that, that imagine what that could have done instead of like another billion to benchmark, uh, the, you know, the VC firm, which great job they invested early, but that billion dollars could have really impacted a lot of people's lives. A lot of people. Yeah. That's really interesting. And, and, also, it speaks to kind of what these new platforms are because the the drivers all are they're not employees they're like they're they're more customers they're consumers yeah. more than anything and so these like gig economy apps are really interesting because I, I off the top of my head I can't really think of an industry that kind of hides the customer experience in almost feeling like you're an employee but you are just actually a consumer of the product you just happen to get some kickback from what you contribute to the network dude and i like i mean i take ubers all the time now and i'll take like half an hour 45 minute ubers and i'll just like look at these people and i'm just like okay is this worth it to you you know and i'm not judging them i'm definitely like i think it's great and i appreciate i I could not be doing what I'm doing now, right now, without Uber and Airbnb. Like, it's just, it's amazing, like, what they've brought into the world. But I look at these people and I'm like, like, what is the net gain of this? Honestly, yeah. Like, you know, you're paying for gas, you got to pay for your car payment. And then, you know, out of this half an hour ride, it's a, it's going to cost me 25 bucks. And what is your take home from even this ride? Is it 15 or so it's like $15. Like, I don't know, man. Like, and then you got like, they have to do taxes on that. So it's just a strange thing, man. And I appreciate, I appreciate the service in the world. And, but you're right. They're kind of the user. It's like, I don't know. It's so an interesting thought process. Yeah. I'd be curious if they would have made like a equity pool for all the drivers Right. And then obviously there would have had to have been a benchmark of like, you have to give this many rides or drive for this many hours to qualify for a piece of that. Um, but, you know, even if it was a couple bucks, like I think that would be pretty awesome that the drivers would have gotten some, some type of equity to be committed in there. That would, that would have, uh, I, that, that could have changed the perception of Uber completely mm-hmm. if they would have done something like that. Right. It would have, this whole thing now, if if some drivers had some equity in it, it could it could have really uh, made a big difference. Yeah. Um, well, like, dude, last last thing I want to talk about real quick is, um, and this is a broken record, and I know you're probably just like, "Geez, Nick, get on it," but um, it's I, you know, it's time to get a podcast going through Founders. Yes, Live. it is. Yes, and, it is. Um, you know, do you have, you know, I know we've talked about this a number of times, but, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And I, I think my big thing is, and I look, dude, I, I, I love what we do. I don't want to recreate what we do. So um, the Catching Up podcast is great. Uh, we've been shifting it a little bit, but, um, you know, in terms of unique ideas to create a new podcast experience, what are your thoughts on that? Because I don't want to just do like 
I mean, I've done Founders Live conversations and videos for a number of years, and that's great because I'm just interviewing other founders, and we can, I can continue to do that when I can. But I want to create something unique. So what are your thoughts on, like, if there was a Founders Live podcast, how do you imagine that actually taking place? I mean, you, you, you want to create something unique, but I really just don't think you need to. <laughs> um, I really don't. I think, like, you need to have content out there. And that is the most important thing. And, and the more time you think about like, oh, how can I make it unique uh, is, is preventing you from starting. You're right. Right. And so like, I mean, we've done over both shows that you and I have done, we've done like a hunt over a hundred episodes now. Yeah. Right. And it's totally changed and it's evolved over the time and, and we've kind of burnt out and gotten back into it and, and evolved. And I think that's what needs to happen as well. And really like it comes down to, you got to market it that is the most difficult thing. And that's what you and I, we probably don't spend enough time doing for this show. Um, but for founders live, you already have a network, right? Yeah. And so it's just a matter of like, how can you integrate it in there and get it out there? But like you specifically, Nick, like, I think it should be about you and you should just be recording all of these conversations that you have, right? Because you'll just find great little nuggets constantly and i know you're always meeting these people and having these short little brief conversations and there's always something really helpful in there and how like because so much of your experience growing in the startup world has been by taking all these like little educational nuggets from all these conversations that you had like i would say that's probably one of the biggest factors in like helping you grow is you're constantly like um just having dialogue with people with so many different experiences and that and that's made you really well-rounded and so sharing that information, I think, would be really helpful. And because you're traveling and you're meeting all these different people, there's like 20 people in the world right now who are doing that, mm-hmm. right? So every other person in this like startup realm is like just in Silicon Valley or just here in Seattle or just in Austin. You actually can like take your story on the road and be meeting all these people and be sharing stories from across the country and you can really make like unique connections there and i really think that's what the hook is is that you have this opportunity uh for you know the next six months that you're going to be traveling around and meeting people from different regions so why not like make that the hook um and and you can organize it by a theme like you can be like oh like may or june is is colorado month and we're meeting everyone from colorado uh, or you can flip it up and as you record them, you can be bumping back and forth. And so like, oh, this week's from Colorado and next week is from Austin. And the week after that is from L.A. Um, I really think that is the hook. Mm, and yeah. yeah, like you one uh, we, we talked about those guys with the, the automated quarterback, um, you know, they would have been awesome to, yeah. to have a recorded piece and talk about them. And I think it just like it fits so well into the vertical of your company uh, that it's it's got to happen and it's just an easy way to get in get people's attention and to promote businesses i mean i think that's really going to be the long value of the show is that you will become a platform for people to pretty much do like a mini shark tank yeah right so like if you've got whether it's a hundred or a hundred thousand people listening to it it's a platform for someone to come on and kind of present uh, their new startup or their new feature or anything they're rolling out, you kind of become this like pseudo PR company to launch with. And I, yeah. I think that that is going to be super valuable for you. Nice. I appreciate that. And do you, I mean, 
Should I just ju- like just start with um, Anchor and just get going? Yeah, just start with Anchor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if if you got a little bit of funds, like yeah, I would just buy two microphones. Like buy two nice microphones, hit someone up this week, and record it by like a portable recorder. So it's probably gonna cost you like a couple hundred bucks of an investment. Buy a portable recorder. And don't worry about editing it in the beginning because the editing is where you can get caught up. Yeah. Um, and just start pushing it and tweeting about it and posting it on LinkedIn and posting it on Founders Live and like get it going. And then everyone you meet with, make sure that they share it as well and, and go from there. But yeah, I think you should just start and, and try to make it as easy as possible. Got it. Yeah. I, sometimes, you know, I, I need the kick in the butt too. <laughs> well all but, this content stuff's so so difficult right there's so many things i mean well, I've, look, look i've been trying to start the find me in seattle podcast and i just like i just don't have the bandwidth to do it dude it's i, I mean i've been doing i've been talking about this for a couple of years and it's like especially on this tour right now i know it's the perfect time but look when there is so many things that need to get done and you know this is not like a year-long vacation this is like build company time so so it's really difficult you know when you have a a a tier of uh priorities and and honestly like i know content's important the podcast is important but it does start to fall down the tiers when you're talking about revenue and you're talking about you know needing like onboard some you know partners and clients and customers and all this crap um it does fall down the priority chain and, and it's frustrating um you know yes i wish i had a team well at some point i think i'll have a content team and uh, you know a, a film crew behind me and all that but uh until that happens you just gotta like yeah it's like figure out a way to get it going get it started do it simple and do it you know efficient and just get it going and so uh i'm going to i'm going to state right now um we're gonna get this started i don't i, I can't commit to a week or but hopefully within the next month um, I want you to hold it to me and hold me accountable and um, let's just make sure that it, it gets started because it, I'm, I'm so sick of talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I get like in the short term, you've got to find revenue, right? And be getting paid and find and finding money. Um, and I know the difficulty of that, but I honestly believe that you investing strongly in one of the verticals of content. And I think podcast is probably the best place for you because that's really where you thrive. Like the talking, talking and having conversations is your strength. Yeah. And the podcast is the easiest place because if you get in the video, then you're, then you're also having to deal with editing and all that whole process and shooting it. There's a whole extra aspect to it where the podcast just doesn't have that as many loops you got to jump through. And by having a really strong content pillar like that will bring you more revenue than anything else. Um, I agree. I mean, I, that's, that's how my company is entirely built was based off all of this content that I've built. I mean, I haven't, I haven't paid for a single dinner this entire week because Mm -hmm. of all the content that I create um, and places say, Hey, will you come um, be part of this? And we'll, you know, we'll make it rain food. And so that's not like a ton of money, but when it comes to, having 50 to hundred dollar dinners paid for every night that, uh, that does add up. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would highly encourage it because in the long run, when you talk about 2020 and 2021, where you expect to be, I think the podcast could actually be the biggest revenue driver for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
or the biggest lead generator. Oh, I think it's, it's, at least. it's it's lead gen. It's um, it, you know, it helps with expansion. It, it absolutely is. It's just like I think hundred or ninety nine percent of this is just me like um, just being very close minded on some of the stuff and like focused on like there's certain things that I do. I have a schedule during the day and the week, and this is all more effort. And yet I yep. love I love creating content, those and or podcasts. So. Um, I just need to get out of my own way and make it happen, and I will. So um, uh, thank you for that. All right, I'll hold you to it. All right, dude. Um, okay, time to get going. Awesome. Well, Nick, enjoy the upcoming weekend. Uh, you got anything exciting coming up? Uh, let's see. I head to Boulder. I'm going to hang out in Boulder, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a concert in Red Rocks. I'm excited about that. Excellent. Who yeah. are you going to see there? Disclosure. Oh, great. Yeah, so disclosure, um, it'll be more of an EDM kind of DJ set, which will be pretty yeah, cool. Be, it's going to be a dance party at Red Rocks. Um, I'm excited about that. And then actually, Herrera Zimbabwe's Founders Live event's happening right now. So that's pretty cool. Wow, that's uh, super cool. Yeah, we launch uh, Lagos, Nigeria tomorrow. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good weekend, man. Real good weekend. Dude, congratulations. Big weekend Thanks. coming up for you to have yeah. both of those countries launching Founders Live. Congratulations. Oh. Oh, and then um, I will be in Seattle, dude. I'll be in Seattle next week, and I'll be at the Founders Live event. So uh, you got to make it. Awesome. Here, I'm looking at my schedule. I know it's on my calendar. Yeah. Um, it's going to cool. be. Well, let's, gonna... sync, let's sync up next week. Are you going to be here on Friday as well? I will be there on Friday, man. Okay. Let me, let me uh, when we get offline here, I'll go look at my schedule. And, uh, yeah, I've got Founders Live here on my calendar. So as long as no client thing comes up and bites me in the butt, then I should be there. Uh, but cool. Thank you very much, Nick. Enjoy the upcoming weekend. Happy uh, Memorial, Memorial Day, Day as well. Yeah. And uh, have fun at Red Rocks. Be safe. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you later, man. See ya.